Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. You're listening to Puma Podcast. If you think what's best is beautifully done or beautifully written or beautifully presented, then that's your thing. But at the very core, journalism is a practice of gathering and verifying and presenting information. My priority still is the quality of the content that we produce. Because I think if you make really good stuff, people will find you. Hi, I'm Carl Javier, CEO of Puma Podcast. You're listening to A Better Normal. I wanted to have and share conversations with leaders and innovators who have taken steps, whether big or small, to create a future that's worth looking forward to. I wanted us, you and me, listener, to get a chance to sit down and learn from some of the people that we admire, learn how they think, and let them build our mind frames as we forge forward. In this episode, I'm talking to JP Campos, who we are speaking to in his capacity as founder of Commoner, which I found was one of the best sources of news on Instagram. First time I came across it, I knew it was a game changer, and the people behind it were thinking very differently from the rest of the field. I got to meet JP at Splice Beta, a media startup conference in Chiang Mai, and that made me even more of a fan. So here's our conversation. My name is JP Campos. I am the founder and editor of Commoner. Commoner is a media startup based in the Philippines. We cover topics from politics to technology to society and culture. And we approach it in a way wherein we inject the stylings of explanatory journalism. We've been doing this since 2020. It started from my bedroom during the first tranche of lockdown in March 2020. And so far, we're still going at it. So my first question is, it's part question, part compliment. But a friend was talking to me about the things that she follows on IG. And she said, Puma Podcast, you guys are journalists. Siguro kilala niyo to. She shows me your account, your commoner account. At risk of parang binobola kita, but you know I'm a big fan. I see it and I go, this is how it should have been. And that is how great products should be. So I'm wondering, I guess before we talk about bigger things, let's focus on product development for Commoner. How did you come to this format? What were you looking at? What are you building on top of? Okay, actually that format, yung ginagawa namin on Instagram and on Facebook, it was common sense, at least to me. Instagram native ako, alam mo yun. So it was common sense to me na ganito siya gamitin ng media outfits. I still feel surprised na people think we reinvented the wheel or a wheel when in fact it's just the same wheel. We're just using it a bit differently, I guess. Parang nag-exist na kasi yung technology for it. So 
as it is with all forms of technology naman, it depends on the human, di ba? Doon lang nakadepende kung paano talaga siya magagamit. And so, for me, it was instinctive na ganun yung format. But we take a lot of inspirations in terms of writing from other more established media organizations. Before I founded Commoner, I would read a lot of articles from The Atlantic and Vox and uh, New Yorker and New York Times, you know, all these international media outfits. And then I also encountered this Korean media startup called uh, New Nick. Korean yung text, pero tina-translate ko lang siya just to see how they write their stories. So mostly text-based, pero the way they are writing their stories, there's a certain flavor to it. There's a little spice to it, alam mo yun, compared to straight news na conventional na na-encounter natin dito sa Pilipinas, which is the format is 5Ws, 1H, and then supporting information, etc., etc. So, alam ko na rin kasi na sanay tayo sa pagka-straightforward ng news ng local media outfits, but we also are craving for a little something else. So, if you mix those styles... That for me is how commoners' writing style came to be. And what I sort of love about it is, as a person coming from a production background, going into journalism media, to you, it's intuitive and common sense. And yet the format that you're looking at is something that I think a lot of news practitioners were also feeling but had only used to a lesser degree. Parang makikita mo nag-infographic minsan, pero hindi dun yung commitment nila. And so I think that's where the interesting bit for you in your work is. is it's a pure commitment to the form. Sanay ako sa 6 o'clock news at sa dyaryo sa umaga, and there's a regularity to it that I develop a sense of trust in those formats. And I'm thinking now about how, you know, I've read and heard from your interviews that you were saying that Commoners actually an attempt to bring relevance back to journalism. And do you think it's because those traditional formats have become compromised? Do you think like, how do you view the lessened trust that we have in those traditional media forms? Um, okay, I think there are two parts to that question. The first is, have traditional media organizations or media outfits been compromised? And second is, are they still relevant or whatever happened to their relevance? So the first one is, I think everyone can agree, even journalists who are in these traditional newsrooms agree that their newsrooms have always been compromised. The filters, the mass media filters, the political, social economic filters, they've always been there, right? Starting from the ownership to the advertisers that media outfits are getting, to the economics of the platform. These are all parts of what compromises the newsroom. So yes, I do think na, na compromise na. Parang meron ng tarnish talaga yung legacy media organizations. Of course, this is not to say that this is the end of mass media as we know it. But unless there are strategic and people-centered risks to be taken, the relevance will keep on declining, which leads me to the second part of the question, are media organizations losing their relevance? I think to a certain segment or certain segments of the population, they are. If you have multiple choices of sources from where you can get your information, what makes legacy media organizations as your top priority? Diba? 
But if you don't have any of those choices, for example, all you have is free TV or free radio, sure, to that demographic, they're still relevant. But for others and to millions of Filipinos who have access to the internet, may choices ka na eh. So, bakit ito lang yung pakikinggan mo, di ba? After all, democracy and the media is a marketplace of ideas. So, kung sino yung pinakamagaling magbenta, sila yung mas maraming benta talaga. So, again, if there are no changes or, you know, radical improvements to how mass media organizations present themselves and present stories, the relevance will keep declining until we have this fragmented population of people getting their stories and their news and information from different sources, which may be a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing. I know that you did some stories on your parallel public spheres ni Jonathan Ong, and this is very obviously there, no? And I guess I'm going to dig in a little even more on form, which is to say the practice of reporting is still essential. That's sort of still what journalists can do very, very well that nobody else does is that the time that they're willing to do, the opportunity to get out into the field and capture those stories and have that journalistic commitment. But we're looking now at the form in which that journalism is consumed. And you hitting upon this format as one of those better opportunities to reach audiences. Are there other formats that you're looking at or excited by? Uh, okay, I just want to address something that you mentioned about the practice of journalism. If you distill what being a journalist is, it's that. Eh? It's gathering stories, gathering information, verifying those information, and then presenting them to the public in the best way you can. So if what you think is best is fast, then that's your thing. Right? If you think what's best is beautifully done or beautifully written or beautifully presented, then that's your thing. But at the very core, journalism is a practice of gathering and verifying and presenting information. For Commoner, now we are using Instagram a lot because there are a lot of people using Instagram and we are moving towards this media ecosystem that is very highly audiovisual. And for conventional writers who are trained in traditional ways, like me, for example, it's quite sad that we learned the craft of writing for years and years and long-form writing and essay writing. And then now, just a few years later, no one's reading the work anymore. That's sad. But also at the same time, what can you do? As a writer or even as a designer, as a podcaster, you are at the service of the people. All you can do is just invite them and keep inviting them to, to the conversation. What's next for Commoner? I want to explore more where I can personally bring my writing. Although I am traditionally trained to do long form, I also had this training to write in the audiovisual format. But that's very resource intensive and time consuming. And that format also has different priorities. So I want to try investing more time there over the next months. That's already in the pipeline, you know, producing maybe short documentaries or short features, video essays, all that. I also want to try bringing long-form writing to a more personalized level through direct-to-public platforms like newslettering. 
So baka kaya hindi nag-work yung long form sa website kasi it's too broad. Diba? Ang daming iba-ibang stories sa halo-halo. Tapos haluan mo pa ng sponsored. Sunod-sunod. Every ilan, meron silang post. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what if we go towards this direction wherein we focus on one thing at a time? What if we try out na instead of putting all the works of all these journalists into one platform, what if we divide them? So that if you're interested in this topic, this is the person you follow. If you're interested in economics, for example, this is the journalist that you should be looking at. And then, of course, along the way, parang pwede mo naman sila i-connect, di ba? So meron ka ecosystem within the organization. So that's what we want to try over the next months or year at least. Experiment with that. After all, yun naman yung spirit of commoner. At its heart, it's like a media laboratory wherein we explore different things that traditional media outfits wouldn't probably invest that much time on because maybe they have more to lose. But I have nothing to lose at this point. <laughs> I'm really attached to you talking about long form. Ang hili ko magbasa at magsulat ng long form. But I also know that in general, it's not something that will get funded anymore by... like. Magazines have disappeared and that's where they used to come out. But I do think that the newsletter has a lot of potential. Ang funny thought ko ngayon is, wouldn't the newsletter sort of be coming back to a newspaper almost? Kasi meron kang isang mahabang piece. And then there's something about sitting with a piece. Like a long thing and just staying with the piece of writing for a while. I don't visit sites like I used to. Diba? Like in the blog era, meron kang set of blogs that you visit immediately when you log onto the internet. And now, because, like you said, ang kalat na yan, now I want it in my inbox and I'll go through. But it feels like yung adoption ng newsletter is a little slower in our market. Have you tried or how are you interacting with that medium? I've tried it a couple of times. And the first time I tried it, I got maybe 250 readers. I think the benefit of doing a newsletter direct siya dun sa inbox ng tao. But you're right. It's kind of going back to the newspaper format. Na meron kang columns, meron kang opinion section, meron kang editorial, meron kang news bits, diba? Parang, and I think it's also still necessary because text-based medium functions differently from a media outfit that is exclusively on one platform newsletters now at least the way i'm seeing it is it's a very deliberative medium you can deliberate extensively through text and that to me is the very essence of essays and long form articles going back to the golden era of newspapers i think about publication as rhythm and how if we were doing things on social media, but at the same time, the tweets are nonstop. Like every time there's some kind of breaking news, there's something that is trending. And I don't know if it's the internet and algorithms reshaping my brain to feel like something is always happening. But I'm actually looking for formats that will allow me to be removed from it. And I'm thinking at the newsletter is that. I guess, Ikaw, as someone who consumes a lot of media, do you feel that sense that you need a separation or you need like a more steady rhythm than the current breaking atmosphere that we have now? Oh yeah, definitely. Not just a need, but I really believe that you have to have your own media diet. 
kasi yung utak mo naman, parang katawan, di ba? It's also your physical body that you have to have a set of activities that you do. And you can't just be consuming and consuming and consuming endlessly. Even the inventor of Infinite Scroll said that they regret inventing that feature of social media because it wastes a lot of time and it makes people anxious. It just kind of ruins the experience or the main goal of what social media is, which is connecting people. So you have to have your own media diet. Before I watch a show, I read the reviews to make sure that I like it. I subscribe to channels on YouTube that I think give out thought-out materials. I only subscribe and I read journalists whose voices I trust. It can't be everyone. Not because I'm not open to other thoughts, but because I want my thoughts to be distilled and I want them to be healthy, basically. And I can only do that by consuming things that are inherently healthy as well. Yeah, so parang good in, good out, trash in, trash out. Yes, exactly. That is, of course, not to say that you can no longer enjoy things mindlessly. You definitely can and you definitely should. It's just that you have to be more conscious of the things that you are consuming. Because at the end of the day, you give these creators the numbers, but what they give you is what? Probably nothing, right? So you have to take care of your own consumption habits as well. I'm thinking now about how much we are willing to offload onto algorithms. But the amount of stuff that I'm willing to sort of consume passively through my scrolling and understanding sort of, is the scroll feeding me things that I want? Like how much of it is changing my brain? And I'm wondering, are you thinking about that as you create content? I try not to. Maybe this is my ego as a human being, but I still think that humans are more powerful than machines. I don't know if I will die on that hill in the next five years, but now I can certainly say that we are much more creative, much more innovative, and much smarter than algorithms. So it's not really a priority for me. My priority still is the quality of the content that we produce. Because I think if you make really good stuff, people will find you. Maybe that's idealistic. Maybe that's myopic. I don't know. But that's my belief as of now. I do think that there should be some changes in terms of priorities. And maybe social media platforms should consider building a different vertical for creators in the journalism space. We shouldn't be mixing it with all the other creators, at least for me, because that's a tough competition. You can't make a story about inflation compete with the story about how good-looking this pair of shoes is. These are two things that shouldn't be competing with each other, but they are competing against each other right now. So I'm not saying that there should be a higher priority for news and journalism content, but I think people should be able to choose if today they feel like consuming that type of information. Kasi, again, ang gulo na nung feeds ng mga tao, halo-halo na lahat, di ba? And so, if social media platforms are actually serious about uplifting voices that are helpful to democratic societies, I think they should consider actually building 
an option or a vertical wherein people can filter news and journalism content, things that are actually relevant to their living experience. Again, but that's my opinion. So feel free to let me know what your thoughts are. So one, I want to believe the same things that you believe. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today I was thinking about what is the space that I am for sure better than a machine at? <laughs> and it's um, making playlists. Because when you ask platforms to generate a playlist for you, para based on, but wala yung discovery. There's a certain joy of a human connection to things. And I really wanted to drive this conversation from forms to platforms because they inform how we are actually even able to operate and connect with people. They literally regulate what kind of connections we can have. So what I'm thinking about based on what you said is how homogenized content is. Yun yung problema talaga. Parang everything is flat. It's not like, like I, I'm trying to think of how relevant a term like front page top fold is for people today because if it's front page top fold that's the most important thing right now and that that is not the daily experience um i think i distinctly remember i think late 90s early 2000s when you would watch the news and little by little yung time allotted for showbiz lumalaki and then yung time allotted for balita lumiliit and then yung time allotted for really, really big, important national level stories is the same runtime as yung sinasampal na person sa police station. Ako, I have big issues when legacy media outlets will just like grab a tweet and then gagawa sila na story about it because it's trending. And for me, when you're a legacy media organization like that, you actually have a responsibility to dictate what narrative should be highlighted. I think the platforms need to hold more responsibility, but they're ceding that responsibility because it's too heavy. And the nangyayari is parang, it's almost like journalistic victim blaming. Like journalists are blamed for not being relevant, for not being able to follow trends. But at the same time, one, they're not equipped with new media tools. Granted that there's funding, there's grants from social media platforms. But when you look at the amount of support that is given to journalists, to quote-unquote thrive compared to the amount of capital that is sort of just thrown around for for stuff under these platforms, it's almost for show the amount of investment compared to the negative impact of the attacks on journalism that are happening. That's the challenge is we're being blamed for the failure of journalism when it's the context that drive it. I definitely agree. I think your existing filters 
the political economy of mass media, I think we should revisit that and add social media metrics. Because I think the reason why legacy media outfits keep publishing all these stories, all these quote cards that drive the comment section is because they know from experience that these are the stories that people will talk about and will fight over in the comment section. And then the data is something that they can sell to advertisers and say, this is how many millions people are talking in our pages. So metrics, definitely, it's already one of the filters in the journalism space. But you are right. We can't blame journalists for picking up these stories because their owners are saying, let's drive the metrics up. And then social media is just functioning how it's programmed to function. There is clearly a lack of investment to funding journalists and funding the reach of these journalistic works. That is a problem that I hope can be confronted as we go along. It's also quite sad na this theory of showbizification of the news that happened in television, wherein the time allotted for important, relevant news is compacted, and then there's more time allotted to light, novelty news. And that is one of the reasons why a lot of news programs in primetime would usually end with Makwento ni Mark Logan, diba? to give way to the soap opera that comes after it. I'm a believer of the idea that mass media should be the one setting the agenda for public discourse. But at the same time, we also have to think how are these media outfits going to pay their employees if they keep going against the tide and forcing what they think is idealistically right to the public? It's a very difficult balance to me. And even as someone who says that I have nothing to lose, I still feel like I have to keep that balance and bend towards it in a certain way or as much as my conscience can. <laughs> but if you have owners whose conscience are no longer compatible with contemporary morality, that's difficult. If the owners tell the editors, the newsroom, to prioritize stories like love triangles of celebrities, there's only so much that a single journalist can do. This is going to go way more philosophical than we ever should, but I love where this is going in that we're essentially now questioning the function of journalism as the public commons. Now, this is public good. However, the expectation is that journalism is, quote-unquote, sustainable. It funds itself. And we've gotten to the bare bones of it. Kung may kwento about an artista and may kwento with great journalistic value about the public good or our nation, whatever, mas mangingibabaw to. This is just going to be overpowered with clicks. But this journalism needs to exist. And it's then on the onus of journalists, journalistic organizations to continue to produce in this time of scarcity, in this time of like total platform imbalance. I do think na this might just be me complaining about big platforms, but there has to be something coming from the platforms because it can't be government that begins to help us sustain these things. It needs to be platforms that see that the work that we do is in the best interest of the citizenry. 
that having a well-informed, well-educated citizenry will actually help make a better society and all this other stuff. Are there certain things that you do so that you're constantly questioning the format? Parang how do you try to avoid becoming stale creatively? I'm a believer of media agnosticism. I don't think I should just stick with one format for my whole life. I think certain stories can be told through long-form texts. There are some stories that can be best told through audio or audio-video or slides or maybe a billboard or uh, an art installation. And that awareness comes probably from my openness also to consume just about any format. I'm just a voracious media consumer, I think. So I'll go back to the media diet. No? So I listen to certain podcasters. I watch certain channels. I read certain writers and journalists. I still buy books. Sometimes I download ebooks. I love looking at charts and journals and reports. I follow newsletters. So iba-ibang formats. And I think that also helps in terms of maintaining a creative spirit. Like, do not discriminate just based on medium or based on treatment. Because you can learn a thing or two from these different people and these different workers. What we should avoid is becoming a copy of a copy. Or a lot of creatives end up becoming copies of copies because they only subscribe to a certain aesthetic or a certain format or a certain convention. That's not healthy, in my opinion. I still read like mga Dickens and you know all these dead writers just so to refresh, like, oh, okay, this is how stories are written in the past. This is how they think in the past. So it's very helpful na may variety yung, yung pinapanood or binabasa, pinapakinggan mo. It benefits you as a creative being. I love how you're always connecting past trends and past media to how we're looking at it now. Because I think being able to look at media in a continuum allows us to not be attached to it. Parang because we can see the evolution of communication we know that it's going to continue to evolve as new technology comes in. I think inherent naman talaga na kadugtong ng bituka ng field of media and communications yung bituka ng technology. They've always been partners in crime. <laughs> when you invented printing press, we were able to print newspapers. Diba? When we discovered radio frequencies, we were able to do radio. So when we discovered that we can put color on television, then we made color TV. So hanggat merong innovations sa technology side, I think there should be innovations in the media and communication side. These two industries should complement each other and not attack each other and destroy one another. Diba? And as creative workers, like we all are, and maybe a lot of our listeners Let's pay attention also to how technology is evolving and maybe have a sense of fear towards it, but also try to feel as excited as you can. Like now I'm a little bit scared of the leaps in AI over the past few months. But at the same time, I'm like, how can I use AI in my work? This is not going to end in just summarizing information in the internet. That's not the end of AI. 
So this new thing and all the other new technologies that we are discovering and encountering as we go along the way, I think they are not the end. They maybe just are the beginning. Definitely. I, I think you can't stop the technology. So you have to factor it in. But you can't stop the technological evolution of these things. And inevitably, platforms will die. Gusto ko kasi yung idea ngayon na merong vintage digital media. Like, digital cameras are now vintage. Having a blog is vintage now. It's moved that quickly. And I really think that technological innovation, what used to take decades, now takes months. This is something that needs to be factored in to every piece of our work. And if you're not staying ahead of it, you're going to fall behind. If you're not analyzing how this builds into everyday work, then you're going to be replaced. And it's the same thing with the platforms, right? Like if you're still sticking around on a platform that's sort of dying, wala na rin sa journalism mo. Yeah, definitely. And the best way, I guess, to have as much control over new technology is to get ahead of it and understand it as much as you can. I think social media was able to evolve faster than we as creators can cope with is because we were just like, it's just social media. This is just a place wherein people can post their photos and, you know, talk about their dinner and whatnot. And then the next thing you know, it's affecting democracies. It's affecting the political landscape of different countries around the world. It's leading to genocides. It's leading to mass violence. And I think because when it was starting, we were dismissive of it. We were just like, it's going to come and go. And that is true. It's going to come and go. But at one point, it will reach its peak, its saturation point. And that's what we should be paying attention to. What can these things do in the future? For whatever is going to happen. And it all starts with understanding first the basics of it and keeping an open mind and imagining the future possibilities. Thanks, JP. That's that's so good. I have, I have one last pahabol, which is just, is there a question that you wish people would ask that they don't ask you in interviews? Something that I ask mga creatives that I interview, like photographers and writers, artists, is their dream project. So what's your dream project? I want to have a real media laboratory wherein media students from all over the country can come and participate and we're just thinking and rethinking platforms and formats and media and experimenting with things with no real consequence. There's this laboratory in MIT and they experiment with how certain technologies can be used in real-life situations. So I want to do something like that. Thank you, JP. If you want to promote anything, you want to drive anyone anywhere, you can visit us at instagram.com slash mediacommoner. You can also check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mediacommoner. Those two platforms are the most active at the moment. And that's where we will be publishing more updates about what's in store for us in the next couple of months. Lots of big things to take away from this conversation with JP. So I won't call these the three most important, but these are three of the big ones that we can start thinking about. First is how we expect journalism to be accessible to people. Journalism is a common good, and yet the support for creating journalism is severely limited. This is, of course, against a media landscape where it's much easier to create something that's not researched and not true. 
Next is JP's commitment to a varied media diet that straddles digital media to Dickens. This dude is so plugged into what works on digital platforms, but he still loves long form and he still loves print. And I think we need to embrace that idea. We need to mix it up because there's a lot of great ideas from the past that we can move into the future. And last, I know there are lots of places where our conversation got pretty dark for people, for democracy, for many things. And yet, despite our discussing all of that darkness, I think it should be clear that JP and I wouldn't be having this conversation and wouldn't be doing the work that we do if we were not optimistic about how we can change things for the better. So us identifying all of that darkness just means that we're moving from a starting position that looks towards the light. So thanks, JP. And thanks to you, listener. And thanks to the team behind this episode. Producer Geraldine Pascual, audio editor Joe Salcedo, and the rest of the Puma podcast crew. I've been your host, Carl Javier, and you've been listening to A Better Normal. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow Puma Podcast on all the socials and follow me on IG. It's at Carl Javier, Carl with a C. If you like this episode, please do me and at least one of your friends a favor. Tell a friend about this episode and this podcast so we can build a community of people making a better normal. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.